Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm Micah Chopley. Well, a lot has happened over the past uh, 24 hours, um, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I have this queued up, so I'm going to start with, <clears throat> right off the bat, I'm going to start with a, a about a minute and 49 second video. I usually don't play Nancy Pelosi because it's, 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 it's I can't, I can't listen to that shrill voice. I just can't listen to it. But I really want everyone out there to listen. If there's anyone out there, and I doubt there is because my audience is so smart, getting bigger and smarter by the day. We are building up and getting bigger and smarter by the day. And uh, so I doubt there's anyone out there who still likes Nancy Pelosi or believes she should still be working in Congress. But this is a video of her talking about recently talking about the war in Ukraine. I would love this to be, hope, hopefully sometime in the future, later in the year, I can figure out how to take phone calls, go live and take phone calls. I'd love, I'd love for someone to be able to call up and tell me what she's saying. But anyway, we'll see. Maybe you can comment on Twitter. I'll give you my, my, my Twitter uh, handle again, and you can comment. If anyone out there understands what she's saying, I would like you to translate for me. I need a, I need a Nancy Pelosi translator. Here, here's the Speaker of the House, still Nancy Pelosi. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, they, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War Three. Uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning uh, more, let's, if we can't have an, if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. No, no, we're, no, no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, that policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. But also there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that that those tanks, that forty miles of tanks. I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place. I hope. You asked me how. I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill for Poland. That's unedited, by the way. It's not edited to make her sound crazy. It's not edited to make her sound delusional. <sighs> That's almost two minutes of her just speaking about this. I don't know what she said. I have no... And if, if you can see the video, I'm sure some of you have seen it on Twitter. When she's talking about the planes, she's doing these great things with her hands, where she's going up in the air with her hands like airplanes... You know, I find that painful to listen to. Uh, so you want to make fun of her, but it's, in a way it's like making fun of your grandmother when she starts to go, you know? And I don't think I want to do that. It's just very painful to have 
to listen to this. It really is very painful. I have no idea what she's saying. It has something obviously to do with the war um, and her supposed quote-unquote strategy, what she'd like to see, but it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it's, – it's, 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 it's not even word salad. It's just jarbled. It's like – you know, it really is like if you were to go, you know, talk to someone who's elderly and losing it and maybe in dementia of what stage, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, you know, um, but – and you ask them a question or they and they say something like that. And you just have to like nod your head and say, okay, grandma, yeah. So I, it's it's just very embarrassing. And, you know, that what's embarrassing is no one in her family – Tells her it's time to it's time to retire. You know, someone in her family should be honest enough to have should have the nerve, the courage enough to say, "Look, this is it's it. That's it. It's time to go now. It's time to leave. It's time to retire. You've had a great career, but it's now it's time. You know, so now it's time. Whoever, Aunt Nancy, Grandma Nancy, whatever, it's time to go. Mom, where, where's Christine Pelosi? Here in San Francisco, where was she t- telling her mother she needs to stop? It's over. It's over. You have to know when to say when. You have to know when to say when. Have a your long career spanning decades. You're in your 80s now, and you're running for re-election eight months from now? You're running for another two-year term in November? Finally going kicking and dragging away from this, being the speaker, but still running for office again? It's just embarrassing, people. It's embarrassing. And I had my period of making fun of her. I made fun of her for years. But I, I, now it's time to just... Someone needs to, say, someone needs to say to her, someone she trusts, like her daughter, and say, look, that's it, Mom. That's it. That's it. Someone else can do your job. We'll fight for another Democrat. Now, I hope to have on, I hope, uh, early next week, to have on a Republican who's running against her in November. You know, it's so hard to find Republicans to vote for here in San Francisco. There are so few Republicans that even run here. I mean, many elections, it's 17 Democrats running. So you can't even, every once in a while you get lucky and there'll be a no-party person running. But it's very rare you get to vote Republican here. Uh, you know, and I, I'm really looking forward to voting Republican. I think everyone should be voting for Republicans in November this year. Obviously, I've said that many times. And I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. But... It's hard to find Republicans to vote for in San Francisco. It really is. Regardless that they have, you know, it's very tough for them to win. They just don't even run. That's probably one of the reasons why they don't run. It's very expensive. The Democrats own the city. You know, it's like New York, Chicago, you know, uh, Los Angeles. It's very hard to win here as Republicans. So a lot of Republicans just don't bother. So, you know, I like to vote. I don't want to not vote. But I, I had pretty much figured that I would not vote this November if it was all Democrats. But no, I think we will have, we will have, hopefully, a, uh, a strong Republican running against Nancy Pelosi. And it's really time, you know, if her family's not going to tell her to end it, if she's not going to end it, the voters need to end this now. The voters need, do you, if you, let, let, me, let me plead to some, the few liberals out there, the few Democrats who, who are listening who might love Nancy Pelosi. Okay, if you love Nancy Pelosi, you should vote against her. Why would you want to see this get even worse? Why would you want her to sound like this and worse for another two and a half years? Why would you want her to embarrass herself? Why? Why would you want her to embarrass herself if you love her so much and think she had a great career? 
Tough love, people. Tough love. You need to vote against her so she doesn't embarrass herself anymore. It's only going to get worse from here. Like with Biden, it's just going to get worse from here with Pelosi. It's not getting any better. It's not the way this works. Not the way life works. So, no matter how much, is it Prevagen? Is that the thing? She might want to take. It's, it's not going to work. So, we really need to... Everyone needs to tell Nancy Pelosi, whether you like her or not. I think especially if you have liked her, end it now. It's over. It's over. Call it a career. As most people do long before they get to their early 80s. Okay? So, that's that. Um, What else is there? Well, uh, some good news. It's kind of good news. And this is what I was going to talk about with uh, more of, of the November election. The U.S. Senate voted today 57 to 40 to overturn the federal mask mandate on airplanes and, of course, public transportation, the TSA, the Biden mandate, basically. It's a TSA mandate, but Biden's mandating it. Once again, if Ron DeSantis were president, we wouldn't be doing this. We never would have been doing it, let alone still doing it going on the third year now. So the Senate did vote 57-40, which means, since it's 50-50, we had, what did we have? We had one Republican, okay? One Republican among those 40. 39 of the 40 who voted against overturning it, of course, were Democrats. Hashtag remember in November. And Mitt Romney, our money. Hey, what a shock. What a shock that the soulless, spineless, Mitt Romney votes with 39 other Democrats to keep the mandate. The man is totally spineless. How the people of Utah, well, the people of Massachusetts elected him, then how the people of Utah elected him, I have no idea. I have no clue. I know the people of Utah don't want to continue wearing masks on airplanes and buses. I know that for a fact. You see, this is what this proves my point. Who is one of the big who's the biggest Republican with Trump derangement syndrome? There are a few of them. Mitt Romney is the number one Republican with Trump derangement syndrome, proving this has always been political. It's always been about getting back at Trump. Mitt Romney can't vote for something that's sensible, that's 100 percent sensible and backed by science and common sense because of Trump derangement syndrome, because to him, it will look like he's voting in favor of Trump. It'll look like he's siding with Trumpers. This is, once again, proving how political this has been all along. How this has been about Trump derangement syndrome all along. Getting back at Donald Trump and the ghost of Donald Trump all along. Now, however, eight Democrats had no problem with this. But Mitt Romney had a problem with it. Who are the eight Democrats? I have the list here. I do want to – look, I always bash Democrats and I'll continue to. And there's 39 Democrats voted against it and only eight voted for it. But let, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's see the list of the eight Democrats. I have them here somewhere. You know, one of my problems is I tweet too much. OK, here it is. Senate passes – OK. Dems who voted yes to get rid of the mandate. Joe Manchin. Yay. Kristen Sinema. Yay. John Tester. Yay! Mark Kelly. Yay! Cortez Masto. Yay! Maggie Hassan. Yay! Michael Bennett. Yay! And Jackie Rosen. Yay! The one Republican who voted no, Mitt Romney. Boo! Okay. So that's... So, okay. 
still, this is mainly a party line thing, obviously. And uh, the and the House will. I don't know what's going to happen in the House. I'm guessing if there was enough, if we had eight Democratic senators voting for it to put well over the top, I'm guessing with the House being so narrow, I'm guessing there'll be enough Democrats in the House, especially in uh, districts come November where they'll be where they're in danger of losing, that will vote to get rid of it. And then what will happen? Well, Biden's already said, doesn't matter, I'm vetoing it. Doesn't matter how many Democrats in the Senate uh, and in the House, how much bipartisan support there is, he's going to veto it. Now, he's stupid, but Biden's a dumb man. He's a dumb, demented person, and he's going to vote against it, which is great. Republicans are doing this on purpose. They know that there's a 99.999% chance this mandate will end next month anyway, will end on April 18th anyway. This will be the last extension. But what they want to do very cleverly is to get Democrats on record for voting against this. So hashtag remember in November what Democrats have done to you, the way they've tortured you needlessly for two plus years now. Remember, remember the Democrats who vote against getting rid of this mandate after two years, including Joe Biden. That's all. They want to put them on record. It's very clever. They know that even if it passes Congress, Biden, the Democrat, the top Democrat, will veto it. Which is stupid of him. He shouldn't veto it. He should not. First of all, it's common sense to not veto it. It's common sense that it should be over. This is stupid. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. But also, it would help his cause politically in November if he were to, if he were to let it pass. And say, with bipartisan support, with Democrat support in the House and the Senate, I am passing this bill. Because we've been wearing masks long enough. Easy to do, but he's too dumb. Ego, baby, the ego, the ego, man. The ego is strong, dude. Ego is strong, dude. Like the big Lebowski. You know, I mean, it is. It's just too much. The ego and these people who run countries are just so huge. The politicians are so, it overwhelms them. They can't make the right decision. They can't make the right decision politically. They can't make the right decision common sense-wise. They can't make the right decision when it comes to knowing between right and wrong because their ego is so big. That they can't let go. They can't let go. And in Biden's warped, demented mind, like, like in Mitt Romney's warped, demented mind, he'd be giving Trump, the ghost of Trump, a win. Incredible. But at least the Republicans have done something smart here by getting these votes, by making the Democrats go on record and making Biden go on record. So you will remember in November which party tortured you for two plus years. Which party did not follow science? Which party allowed Trump derangement syndrome to guide their, their laws, their principles, and destroy the economy and destroy the society and destroy this country for the last two years? You'll remember that in November. That's the point of this whole thing. Hashtag remember in November, and you must. You must. And I'm going to end this show from now on because we're getting close to November. <laughs> People think it's like seven and a half, eight. It is seven and a half, eight, but you know that'll go quick. You know how quickly this summer is going to go, and then we're here. We'll be there in November. So I'm going to end the show on a, on a tagline. Pretend it's a sitcom. I'm going, to have, I'm going to have my little tagline. And once again, this tagline is – I'm kind of stealing the – not the tag, not obviously not the specific tagline, which is going to be about this November. But the spirit of the tagline is from my old mentor Bob Grant, who would end 
his show for, well, it had to be a couple of years at least, with a certain tagline. You know, you'll, you'll hear the tagline later. It's not, or it's not that important. It's not that important, Mike. Stop talking about it. No, but we, I'll, it, it'll, have to, it, it'll be about reminding you what to do in November. Reminding you what you must do. And I'm going to end every show like this. Every show from now until Election Day. Because this is the, look, this is the only thing we can do now, right? The only thing we can do. We had the truck drivers. We got the protests. We've, we're two years into this. We've got what happened, you know, last year in, in West Virginia, in Virginia, New Jersey. But our really only real recourse now is a earthquake election in November. Is an earthquake election where we kick out all the Democrats in November. So I'll have to remind people of that. Five days a week. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so much. Michael, oh, okay, so we have, now, listen to this. This is the, more idiocy out of New York. By the way, they announced at the, at the New York Rangers hockey game in Madison Square Garden today, they, they put up some kind of a video of, of Kathy Hochul, and when they put it up, the whole garden booed. The whole garden booed, booed at, the, at the unelected governor, the almost governor of New York State. That's how many, that's how many people like her and love her mandates and her edicts. Our anti-science, anti-common sense mandates and edicts. They, they, booed, they booed her off the screen at Madison Square Garden. But a big part of that is, of course, the Kyrie Irving thing. You know, with the, with the New York, I believe it's New York. As far as I know, it's New York, Boston, and Toronto. As far as, far as directing sports, affecting sports cities. New York, Boston, and Toronto. That will not allow players who are unvaccinated to play in any sports games. In any games in those cities. They can play on the road, but they can't play at home. <laughs> so now going into, so we know the Nets, Irving is unvaccinated and he can't play at home. He can play on the road and put up huge point totals, being perfectly healthy and fine, but he can't play at home. That's been a big, and oh, when he can be in the arena, he can sit amongst the 16,000 fans on top of each other. That's fine, but he can't play. <laughs> This is, this is the ridiculousness, the idiocy of this. So this is now about to affect the baseball season. For how many, was it third straight season? This is going to affect the baseball season, okay? Third straight year. Where now, if you're on the Mets or the Yankees and you're unvaccinated, and the Yankees have a few players, I believe the Mets have even more, and the Red Sox have even more, you can't play at the home games. And one of those players is Aaron Judge, arguably the Yankees' best player will not be able to play if they keep those mandates in place come, what, April 7th, I believe, is opening day. So if the mandates are still in place on April 7th, Aaron Judge will not be able to play. Now, remember, in basketball, in basketball, there's you know, a couple of home games, a few road games, so you might play one or two home games. In baseball, there could be seven, eight, nine, ten straight home games. If this goes on for the full season, there will be stretches of a week to a week and a half at a time where Aaron Judge cannot play. Okay. How idiotic this is. It's incredibly idiotic. It's as stupid, as mindless, as ridiculous as you can get. And once again, it's all about Trump derangement syndrome in deep blue cities and states. Even in Toronto, it's Trump derangement syndrome. It's a part of it anyway. But what's happened to Canadians is a whole other story. So... This is now about to affect the baseball season in a very big way, in a very big way in a few markets. Every other market has no problem with it, including many in blue cities and states. But in New York and in Boston and in Toronto, this will be an issue. 
So it will affect, affect four teams out of all the teams. So this is what we have to deal with. But this is, once again, I need you to understand this. You must remember in November who's done this to us. I can't say it enough. I can't say, oh, one party is responsible for this. Come on, people. One party who cannot get Donald Trump, who lives rent-free in their heads, out of those heads. They can't do it. Doesn't matter. You can argue all you want. You know, there are people, and Michael Kay, who I work with, I like, he's a nice guy. I wish his uncle, Danny Aiello, was still around to smack him in the face a couple of times on this. But in a way, I understand why he said it. He said on his radio show that anyone that's not vaccinated, if the mandate stays in place, should be traded. Now, I don't listen to his show. I don't know exactly where he was coming from. He might have been coming from the practical point of view is if they can't play for half the season, what good are they? I kind of understand that, but that's not – or he could be saying they're vaccinated, they're unvaccinated, they're assholes, and you just should get rid of them, which is even worse, of course, if that's what he means. And I know Mike is kind of on the left, so maybe that is what he means. But either way, he shouldn't be blaming the players. No, no, we need to trade. You know, the biggest trade we need to make? Come on, what's the biggest trade we need to make? Trade Democrats or Republicans. That would be much more fun. The biggest blockbuster deal of all, baby. Get rid of all Democrats and trade them for Republicans. That would cure this. That would cure all of these ills. Then no players would have to be traded. And no players should be traded. You know, if George Steinbrenner was still alive, and I wish he were, along with Danny Aiello, George would not take this. He would say, what are you going to do? Lock, what are you going to do? You, you, what are you going to do? Not you going to lock up the stadium? Not going to let us play? We're playing, baby. I own the team. It's up to me. That's my George Steinbrenner person. That's not bad, by the way. I had several interactions with George, so I, I'm pretty good at impersonating him. But that's what he would say. It's my business. My business. I'm playing. These guys are playing. Try to stop me. And, of course, they wouldn't be able to. But the current Steinbrenners have no cojones. They also don't want to spend money. Yeah, I could talk about that a whole other show. But, uh, by the way, the Mets owner is the new Steinbrenner. And the Steinbrenners are the new Mets owners, basically. So they're, kind of, they're kind of switching roles, the Yankees and the Mets. The Mets are becoming this team that doesn't matter how much money they spend. And the Yankees are worried about spending money now. The Mets will go over the salary cap the luxury tax into luxury tax, and the Yankees won't. So anyway, I, I sorry, I digress. I digress, but I'm so angry. But still, this is the point. George would never take this, and they don't have to. The city's not going to stop the Yankees from playing. It's not going to happen. There's too much money there. They're too powerful. It's not going to happen. But they won't have the cojones to defy them, just like the Nets don't. And just like the Mets wouldn't, and the Red Sox won't, and the Blue Jays, it goes on and on. But I know George Steinbrenner specifically would never take this crap from the city or the state, ever. Especially these liberal idiot, idiot Democrats. He would never take it. But this is what we have to deal with. You see, this is what you still have to deal with. People think COVID is over. No, it's never over. It's never over. It will never be over as long as the Democrats run things. As long as the Democrats run things, COVID will never be over. It doesn't matter. And I can continue to argue them. I, I see comments. I see comments on these Twitter feeds saying, oh, the players should get vaccinated. It saved lives. No, it, you, can tell them a mil- you can tell them a million times the vaccines don't stop the spread. If they don't stop the spread, there's no point to vaccine mandates. 
And then you can, then they argue, well, yes, but maybe they, hospitalizations and deaths. Well, fine. Then Aaron Judge wants to take the chance. How many athletes in the last two and a half years have died of COVID? Zero. How many have ended up in intensive care? Zero. How many have ended up in the hospital? Zero. Look at Aaron Judge. He ain't getting COVID. On top of that, once again, science doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the vaccines don't stop the spread. And natural immunity doesn't matter either. Almost all these players over the last two years have had it. They've had it. They have natural immunity. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Democrats. You know what matters? Trump. Trump matters. That's all. To our dying day, we're going to be anti-Trump no matter what science says, no matter what common sense says. It doesn't matter. TDS to the max. TDS to the end. And that's where we stand. That's where we stand. And here we go with the, with, with the New York Post of all papers, the New York Post saying, listen to this. How many times? Okay, this is the third time. I know exactly how many times. This particular story has been told three times now. COVID and the flu. Now they add the flu, by the way. Oh, this is the first time in the last three years they've added flu. Two years before this, it was only COVID. Now it's COVID and flu may spike amid spring break partying across the U.S. Now, did they ever care about the flu spiking in March and April before? Where in history has there ever been a story written about spring break spiking the flu so we shouldn't have spring break? But now, all of a sudden, it's not just COVID. Now it's the flu. Now we can't go on spring break because of the flu. So should we move spring break to July? Should spring break be in July when there's no school, you morons, you idiots? But this is the third straight year they've said spring break will make COVID explode. It never had. The first two times it didn't happen, by the way. And all of these stories, this is the same story over and over. We're tired of the same stories over and over again. We don't give a shit anymore. And this is the spring, this is the annual spring break story now. Then we'll have what? That the trucker convention, what do they call that? I forgot the name of it. In South Dakota, right? That'll be that. Is this going to be? Is this going to be annual stories now? It's going to be the annual spring break COVID and now flu spike story. The annual truckers convention spike COVID spike story. The annual Thanksgiving get together spike story. The annual Christmas get together spike story. The annual New Year's Eve spike. How many fucking times do we have to hear this? I think when I start cursing, I'm going to say, excuse my language. Because more and more people, more and more upstanding citizens are starting to listen to this. And I don't want to be in the gutter too much. But look, you know how mad this makes me. You know how mad this makes me. Does Joe Rogan curse? I don't think he curses, does he? No. Do what Joe Rogan does. Mike, do what Joe Rogan does. But, you know, I think Jimmy Dore curses. But anyway... This is the insanity. We're going to have to deal with these stories every year now. The same old crap. Once again, that's never been panned out. There has no scientific backing. There's been no evidence to trace that they've ever been right about any of this stuff. I guess the stories sell, right? People like me. I didn't click on it. I didn't bait click. I just saw the heading. I won't do it. And the New York Post, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Of all papers, let the Daily News do that. Get the New York Times do it. You shouldn't be doing it. 
because it's crap and it's baloney and it's horse shit and you know it. So COVID's not gone, people. Oh, we wished it was. We wished Russia, we wish Russia, Ukraine had pushed this out. But it hasn't. It hasn't pushed it out. Because you know why? The Democrats won't let it end. This is all Democrat stuff. The Democrats just won't let it die. It reminds me of that scene in What About Bob? Which is a great film. With Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. And Bill Murray's this annoying guy who won't leave Richard Dreyfuss alone. Incredibly hilarious. Some really dark, subversive humor too. But there's a scene where they finally think he's gone, Bob. Where they finally think he's gone. And and, and uh, Richard Dreyfuss knows he'll never leave. He's a pain in the ass. He'll never leave no matter what happens. And he just opens the door without even looking at it. And there's Bill Murray. And he says, you see, he's not gone. He's never gone. And this is like COVID with Democrats. It's not gone. Just when you think it might be gone, it's still there. It's still there in your sports. It's still there in your spring break. It's still there on your airplanes. It's still there on your buses and subways and in some classrooms still, like in Los Angeles. And it's never gone. And Democrats will always hang the lockdowns, the vaccine passports and mandates and masking over our heads in Democratic-run states and cities. It's never gone. It's never gone. You're always waiting for the next shoe to drop and the mandates to come back as long as Democrats run things in this country. And just listening to Nancy Pelosi, you know, Democrats and Joe Biden, Democrats should not be running anything in this country anymore. They just shouldn't. They need to go in the corner. They need a timeout, a very long timeout. Anyway, this has been and let's be heard. I'm Micah Chopley, and here it comes, people. Here it comes. Here it comes, the big tagline. The big tagline you've all been waiting for for a half hour, I'm sure. Vote Democrats out in November. Vote them out now. Speak to you guys tomorrow.